0: Love talk hey everybody!
1: Radio. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward Podcast. I'm your host Andy Vargo, and today we have the awesome David Alto from Alto Advance joining us. David, how you doing?
0: Good, and how are you today, sir?
1: I am awesome. I'm just uh, enjoying kind of a laid-back afternoon and starting to make plans for next year. So, gotta love it. So, David, um, I am so glad to have you on here joining us today. What is something exciting you have going on? Tell us a little bit about Alto Advance and what you have uh, going on with everybody in the world right now.
0: Sure. Oh Well, uh, again, thank you for having me on. So, uh, what happened, um, so December 13th, I left my corporate job to start my own company that I'd been kind of, you know, dabbling in for a while anyway, and uh, so I was able, again, to leave my, uh, my corporate job and uh, do this full-time kind of exciting and scary at the same time, but uh, it wasn't as scary as it, it could have been because for the past, you know, three or four months, I was really doing both. I was working my, <laughs> I was working my day job, and then during the morning and afternoon, uh, weekends, uh, not getting much sleep. Uh, I was, uh, you know, hyper-focused on, you know, growing my business so that I could just, you know, up and leave and uh, hopefully transition to, you know, not, not being too worried, uh, you know, financially. But everything's going great. Uh, it's been, what, two weeks now? So uh, that's what's happening in uh, my life.
1: That's awesome. And so you you've been building this business. You've been getting it you know, getting your base level made, and now you've taken that leap to where it's your sole thing. So so what is what is this all about? What are you doing?
0: Sure. So I provide, you know, resume, LinkedIn coaching, uh, career coaching, uh, interview prep. And, you know, it's something that I've dabbled in for a long time, but mostly gave it away for free. And It was really um, the start of last year. Well, not last year. Sorry, this year. It's not 2020 yet. So uh, the start of not quite. uh, uh, Yeah, not quite. Uh, The start of you know 2019. uh, The company that I worked for financially was not doing well. We were going to sell the company. We were not going to sell. We're going to franchise. We're not going back and forth. So. You know, uh, I had had an, a LinkedIn account for a long time, but I started to, you know, wanted to get really active, started looking for work because I didn't want to get to a place where I needed to look for work. I wanted to, you know, uh, leave on my own terms. And really, it was through using the platform and learning all the right and the wrong things to do, and I did plenty of those. Um, uh, I... I decided I was just giving back. I was giving resume advice because like I said, I've been doing that for a long time anyway. I was helping people out just, you know, and not thinking about even charging anybody. And as I learned and shared, learned and shared uh, more on LinkedIn, I had these amazing people on LinkedIn that were willing to give me advice with wanting nothing in return, but just to provide, you know, advice and guidance. And I thought that was just amazing. So I started doing the same things. And for about five plus months on LinkedIn in 2019, I was just, again, giving stuff away. Uh, if somebody wanted a resume, I helped them, never charged them. And it wasn't until probably, I think, July of this year where somebody wanted to pay me and I allowed them to pay me. And Mm -hmm. then I just, then I just started at it. So that's kind of how it all uh, came to be.
1: So when you initially started getting more active on LinkedIn, I know you said you had an account, but you hadn't really done much with it. Was it really for the design of starting this business or was it more for the design of getting your, kind of affairs in order so that you could decide where you're going to go next.
0: Oh, no, sure. So, no, I was looking for, I was just looking for a
1: new career. I hadn't even thought about
0: even about making my, a, my yeah. own. No, not even, mm-hmm. not even close. Um, in fact, I had uh, interviewed we have a uh, Amazon call center here in my town and i seen a position, um, I went on to LinkedIn because I learned some best practices, Uh, went on to LinkedIn, searched for other people doing that similar role, found a gentleman that worked uh, at the facility here and made a connection. Uh, He looked at my LinkedIn profile. We had a call. We met for coffee. And that turned into him, you know, referring me. And he would have gotten a referral if I would have gotten the job. But I received plenty of interviews. Then I had – four one-hour interviews back-to-back-to-back. That's right, to back uh, all in one day. (laughs) All in one day. Now, I ended up not getting the job. uh, But what I did learn is, wow, through connecting with others on LinkedIn, doing similar positions, I was able to get a referral and get an interview. Now, again, if I would have just applied for that job, maybe or maybe not, I would, you know, I might not have received even an interview because at that time I wasn't really telling my resumes to each job. I was just using one resume to apply for other jobs. And um, so without learning that, um, you know, again, I might not have gotten that interview. And then shortly Mm -hmm. after that, um, I met an amazing gentleman on LinkedIn named uh, Corey Warfield, and uh, uh, he has a company that's called uh, Shedwell uh, out of uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he connected with me and wanted to get on the phone with me. He saw a particular article I was sharing and got on the phone, and I told him about the job I didn't get at Amazon. And, of course, I told him all the things that I was doing. I was volunteering at our uh, unemployment office here in town. Um, with their LinkedIn class and their resume class, just because I enjoyed giving back. And he could really hear that passion in me when we had that call. He just says, Dave, I don't know what you're going to do yet, but you seem to really enjoy doing that volunteer work. So continue to do it. Keep on giving on LinkedIn. You're going to figure it out. And, you know, here was somebody that, again, he's quite the influencer on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. you know, he took the time. He took the time to, you know, uh, you know, to talk with me and tell me that he's glad I didn't get that job and keep on chasing your passions. And at that, even that point, I hadn't even remotely thought of doing this, um, you know, full time or anything like that. But that that's just goes to show that the platform of LinkedIn can be more and is more now than just recruit a place for recruiters and a place for people that are looking for work. Um, you can really develop um, some great relationships or maybe, like I did, you know, find out what you're really you know, passionate about, uh, just being active on right. the platform.
1: Well, I have this philosophy with LinkedIn, and I don't quite know what the numbers would be to apply to it, but I would say at least 75%, if not closer to 90% of the people, originally get on LinkedIn and create their membership or get active for the wrong reason, and they stay for the right reason. And what I mean by that is you you, typically you're motivated for some reason to check out this site. Typically it's because you want to make a change in your career or you need to somehow sell more product. And so that's why you initially see a reason to get onto a, a networking platform. But then as you actually understand the benefits of networking at a higher level and understand how beneficial it is, not just for, your own personal development or your career, you stay because it's not, it's not like I'm going to get on here and then get a job and move on. You realize that there's benefits and you meet these amazing people that change your life.
0: You, you are 100% correct. And once I saw LinkedIn different, you know, and I quit looking for, I, I, so I really for months, I just said, well, I'm going to stay the course with my current employer because I didn't want to look at, uh, look for work on LinkedIn anymore because I wanted to spend my time on LinkedIn, giving back and learning and, and building Mm -hmm. and making relationships. And that's, again, so, I mean, I, again, I turned a total, you know, uh, 360 and just decided, you know, again, I'm going to use the platform uh, for something else. And again, uh, just like you had said, Andy, I, I started using LinkedIn the right way and I learned how to, build relationships and not just, you know, make a, just make a connection, but build
1: true relationships with people. Right. It is, it's definitely a different level of understanding and so helpful once you get to that point. So with your, in your world now, after you were given away free advice, you were figuring out how to do it. Now yes. that you stepped out on your own, people can come to you and and get coaching and direction and help and guidance on both resumes and LinkedIn profiles. Is that, is that the gist of it?
0: Yeah. um, I also help people with, uh, you know, interview prep. Maybe they're not, uh, or or maybe they have a really good resume, but um, what I found a need for is um, people, you know, because we have this resume scanning software, right? The ATS, resume bots, as I call them, um, Mm -hmm. we're not, we're not slowing down enough to, uh, really look at the job description. So there, um, what I've started providing is for people that have that stellar resume but don't have the time or the know-how or d- don't care to, um, I scan their resume versus the job description. And there is services out there that they can do that for free. But, um, but what I do is I strategically then place those keywords into their resume that so that they can feel more confident when they apply that it actually okay. is going to get seen by real people. And that is a service. Again, uh, that's not something that people are really realizing they could have a stellar resume, but if they're not tweaking it to the job description, they're, they're really missing mm-hmm. out. Um, and uh, the, the LinkedIn part is I in so enjoy talking to people about how to really optimize their LinkedIn profile from top to bottom, you know, uh, from their mm-hmm. uh, from their LinkedIn banner all the way down to recommendations and everything in between, and how they can again really um, separate themselves from other applicants because so many people just don't take advantage of
1: everything
0: that they can do on their uh, LinkedIn profile.
1: Right. Well, and and stepping into the job search as most of us know and and you know for for sure that it's it's just soul-crushing when you get out there and you are applying over and over again and you aren't getting a response or you're getting a rejection and of course we're going to take it personally yet if you if we didn't have things set up to get past that first hurdle of the automated review process it never was personal because it things just didn't line up right and so we're at least stepping into it with a chance to actually have a shot
0: Oh, yes, and the, the reason that – and not all
1: resume coaches um, um,
0: use the resume scanning software, but I, I really genuinely want my clients, the people that I help, I want them to – again, they have the skill because I'm listening, I'm hearing, you know, I'm seeing what they have. Um, but if it doesn't line up, they don't get – you know, it doesn't even get looked at. So and And my clients have had really good success in – Getting, getting interviews because uh, if you get a rejection email within the first couple days, two, three days, it is strictly because you did not meet that job requirement. And you might be saying to yourself, but wait, Dave, wait, Dave, you know, I know how to do that. Right. I've done it for years. But again, mm-hmm. uh, if you just don't, if you don't slow down and get it to align with it, uh, it'll never get seen by people. And People do. Uh, people don't know what not to include in a resume. No horizontal lines. No vertical lines. No um, no images. You know, no font smaller. than oh, gotcha. Um, all of those things again. And I'm constantly posting uh, little diggly tips on resume and LinkedIn for free, just because I want people to realize. There's things that that resume scanning software just does not like, and it's not a person. So when it sees some of those things, it doesn't know how to process it. And if it doesn't know how to process it, your resume, again, might not ever get seen by human eyes.
1: Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's good to know, too, because – uh, it helps you to understand. You know, I, I think of Jeopardy, where like you might have the right answer, but if you didn't form it in the frame of the question, <laughs> you, it's still right. wrong. So it's it's all about setting it up the right way. So How'd so David, at we're right? at that time now. <laughs> uh, I you know I don't know, you just you seem like you'd be you'd be onto that uh, trivia type <laughs> stuff. Uh, so we are at that place where I got to ask you, you know, you're doing some great things out there in the world. What's that awkward you've had to learn how to own in order to, to be successful like this?
0: Oh, sure. I struggled with this for such a long time. So the dreaded imposter syndrome. And what is that? Um, I struggled with even understanding what it meant. Here's the, Here's what it means. That you struggle with. Say, allowing yourself to say that I'm that you're good at something. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. so when I was going through this process, even months before, um, you know, giving away free advice, uh, you know, getting closer to you know charging people, and um, you know, I'd been in my previous industry for almost 20 years, and so I was I can say that I was good. I can say I was great at it. But because this was really new to me, and it, it came kind of all of a sudden, I mean, in less than a year, but it came kind of all of a sudden. So I really struggled with allowing myself to say I'm good at it. And if you, and if you struggle at saying you're good at something, you're going to have a hard time um, really putting yourself out there. So, you know, it was numerous calls. Uh, uh, I remember uh, numerous people uh, really getting on the phone with me and saying that you're, you're suffering from this. But they told me, here's why you're good, David. You're good because this is what you do. Here, here, Remember that video? Remember that post? Or they could just hear it in my voice. But allowing yourself to say you're good at something, maybe, that's, maybe it's new to you. Is difficult, mm-hmm. but that's why you have to surround yourself, whether it's maybe on LinkedIn or in your personal life, you have to allow yourself, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to say, Dave, no, you are good at that. Uh, and I would not have made this transition from my corporate job to what I'm doing now without my wife being able to finally, she was able to say, "Hey, you are really good at this," and that gave me the emotional kind of okay to say that guess what, I am good at. It. And my clients were telling me, even the clients that I weren't charged, you know, uh, they were saying that I was good at. They appreciated, um, and I still I know that I still suffer uh, or can suffer from that imposter syndrome, but that's okay. I guess I think that's what keeps me. Um, some humility, Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, I know it can be there and I know it could come back out. Uh,
1: So I'm very aware of it, Um, but
0: it it can be, it can be difficult.
1: Yeah. And I do think that that's a good point where you, because we do strive to be humble people and have humility and not be cocky. But like you said, if you can't say, yes, I'm good at this, how are you going to sell yourself or your product to anybody else if you don't have faith in it yourself? And that's huge. I I love that take on the idea of if you are not comfortable saying you're good at it, you have to have people around you who see how good you are at things so that they're kind of pulling you up and propping you up while you gain that confidence. That's right. Yeah. I have this uh, philosophy that, if someone doesn't believe in your dream, that it's just that they think they maybe they have another uh, the wrong understanding. And so you have to find people who believe in the same thing. It's all about having people around you who are on board with what you're doing. Because if you sound, surround yourself with people who tell you it's not going to work, you are going to start to believe it's not going to work.
0: Yes. And, and you know what? Um, I think that, you know, the relationships I have built on LinkedIn – those were really instrumental in allowing me to say that I was good because listen, I was not related to these people i did i and you know, I haven't known them for you know decades or whatever, and they gave mm-hmm. me honest feedback, and then they maybe gave me some suggestions, so they weren't that mm-hmm. best friend that was just going to say oh you're great, you're great, you're great, you know they were. Friend, but uh, saying Dave, why don't you work on this or can I give you some advice? So uh, you know without the LinkedIn community, I wouldn't have I wouldn't be doing this today whatsoever And I, right. I so enjoy it and I still volunteer uh, because uh, it allows me to help others that maybe financially or they're so early in their career. Um, but uh, I remember the first time I volunteered at our unemployment office and these people asked me if I could stay longer and, but the room was going to be taken up by a different class. And I said, well, sure, we can move it to Starbucks. Five people ended up going with me just because they wanted to learn a little bit more. And that felt really rewarding that uh, I was Mm -hmm. able to help so many people. And it always doesn't have to be about, uh, you know, the, my, the mighty dollar. And on LinkedIn, I think um, some people think that when somebody wants to connect with them or give them advice or help them, they automatically think, well, why does that person want to do that? They're going to end up selling me something. And again, mm-hmm. the, platform is very, the platform is very giving. Um, the people on LinkedIn that genuinely want to help only want to help for one reason only is because maybe they see a little bit of themselves in the past in you
1: and want to truly do help you. Right. And that is such a a good thing to consider because oftentimes I feel there are situations I've held myself back from, and I know other people do the same thing because we question the motivations of other people. And, And sure, there are times where they aren't going to have the best or they're going to be somewhat greedy in their motivation, but if you at least step into it thinking they might not have something behind them, then you open yourself up to the opportunities that, that where people just do genuinely want to help you, and you just have to learn to, to kind of be prepared for maybe a response on that second or third message when you, it, it may become evident that all they want is to sell you something, because that does happen. But it's it's not a reason to shut everybody out because there are so many people out there, like you said, whose only motivation is that they see something from their past or maybe hopes for their future that they see in you. And they think, well, maybe if I can help this guy, I can learn something about myself or I can give back or pay it forward, whatever it is.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, I I totally agree. But we do have our guard up because, right, because there's people on LinkedIn that want to sell you something or – you know, want to get. I, although I don't see it too much anymore, but usually three or four times a week. Uh, a couple months ago, I used to always get somebody wanting to sell me Bitcoin. Not that that's. Not, oh right. You know, great. It's just just not my not my cup of tea. But uh, uh, but no, most uh, of the individuals on here that are are active, um, again, just want mm-hmm. to be helpful for one reason or another, and usually it's all, um, all good there.
1: Right. So, so back just to kind of touch back on this imposter syndrome thing too. too. So you, when you, how uh, early on, did you start to notice that like, like when you started posting about resumes on LinkedIn or profiles or tips, did you post and then feel like, uh, who am I to post? Or was it a little while later where you started posting more or were you even hesitant to post your first comment about it?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yes. I mean, uh, I think I I know I saw a post and I commented and uh, um, somebody said that well, because of what I what I shared they're like well, I, you sound like you're a subject matter expert man I'm like well I'm, I wouldn't consider myself an expert I dabble in it and they asked me if they messaged me a few questions and they said well why don't you share something regarding that and I thought okay I probably could and you know it was just the encouragement of others. Um, you know, it doesn't matter the editing that you do if you shoot a video. It doesn't matter, you know, if you end up spelling something wrong, you know, mm-hmm. only Susan's going to come after you, right? <laughs> anyway, you
1: know, <laughs> and she'll do it in a very uh, nice way.
0: <laughs> no, yes, and yes, she does, and she's uh, she's um, reacted to a few of my posts before. But, but again, uh, you know, if you're going to share your first video or just going to share your first post, you know, write about something that you're a subject matter expert in, whether you get paid mm-hmm. for it or not. And if you help one person or one person likes that, then you know what? That's, it, it, even when I post now, um, sure, I might get thousands of views and lots of comments, but you know, if, I, if I helped one person that didn't know something, I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, help all thousand people that viewed it or whatever. If one person really gained something from it, then that's great. And then, and then again, then I just, I started learning more. And then I've always been a leader that um, in my previous career, that anytime I learned something, you share it, right? Because you're just right. trying to exactly. make people better. And it, it is yeah. no different on LinkedIn
1: whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, to, I like to think about when I'm posting a letter, like an article, and I think if because you think about, oh, the, the thing I think that you can get caught up in is, is it worth the time is it, if, if it's not reaching enough people? But really, what is enough? And the way I think about it is if I had a friend who needed to know this information or was down, would I take the time to write this letter to them and say, here's something I learned that might help you? And I would do that for one person. I would do that for one friend. So it shouldn't matter if only one person thought or if a thousand people thought, because you would take the time and you would want to help people.
0: Oh, yes. And I, I love sharing posts of others. Maybe, uh, maybe I have some genuine friends um, that are posting something and their, their post isn't mm-hmm. getting a lot of traction. I still remember my, the, the, the most views I've ever received on a post was actually from a share uh, of a friend's post. Um, She's a realtor, and I liked what she had to say, but she doesn't have very many followers, wasn't using the right hashtags. Well, anyway, I shared it, 198,000 views, and she got a lot of feedback, probably more than... And uh, I was surprised that uh, that share got that many, but um, I just wanted to show her and help her you know, mm-hmm. see what the power of LinkedIn, you know, can do. It just, uh, it was a little, it was a little much for at least that, uh, that post. And and most people say right. <laughs> that shares
1: don't uh, do a lot
0: on LinkedIn, but it depends on the subject matter and
1: and whatnot. But right, yeah, there's um, so many variables with timing and subject matter and how quick people respond okay. and all that.
0: Oh okay. yeah, and but again, amazing. um, now I just I I have to share and post just because it's it's fun. Uh, it really is. Uh, you know, uh, I don't get a lot of business from my actual post. Uh, I get it through another, uh, way that people can find my services through LinkedIn. Oh, right. But I just enjoy it. I just enjoy it to share and hopefully I learned some stuff along the way and hopefully, um, others will uh, do the same.
1: For sure. So, so Now, I know you said you struggled a lot with imposter, and it does come back from time to time. How do you get yourself out of that mindset when it starts to kick in?
0: You know, I I think I I maybe I read a recent recommendation that that I've received from a client. Um, I I have a couple notes uh, on my desk uh, that uh, remind me uh, that I'm good at what I'm doing But I am always learning still. So hopefully, then that doesn't give me, you know, an ego that uh, allows me to change um, the way I deliver my content. Like to this day, I don't, when I shoot a video, I don't edit it. Now, if I screw up, you know, 30 seconds into it, I delete it and start over, but I don't edit it because it doesn't have to be
1: perfect. It just right, you know, yeah.
0: I am just hoping that I, that somebody learns something from it. Doesn't have to be perfect whatsoever.
1: I, I'm the same way with my videos because everything I talk about is authenticity and awkwardness, and and I will do the same thing if I have a blatant, oh, I forgot my lines. I'll start re-recording. But if it's a um or an ah or a, I forgot a part of a word, I, I move forward because. I would feel very hypocritical to be posting about accepting yourself as a <laughs> date, but I'm only going to show you the highly edited version where I, I speak perfectly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And again, uh, you well, know, we don't live in a perfect society. So.
1: Exactly. Well, I do hate to say, it, cause I'm really enjoying our conversation. but well, we are getting down to the last uh, little bit here. What's uh, what's some advice you could give people to, on how to own their awkward,
0: Sure. Uh, I think that you, you have to share whatever you're awkward about with others that will help, help you through that process, just like anything. I'm sorry, but if it's an addiction, you need help. You know, and I know imposter syndrome, I'm I'm, I'm categorizing it as, you know, addiction or whatever, but it's not. But again, but it's still something that you need help with. You get others Mm -hmm. involved. And you just you work on it and you know it's there and you get advice from um, others whether it's on linkedin or it's family members or friends but you get other people involved you can't just internalize it uh because you'll never get rid of uh, that dreaded imposter syndrome if you don't or anything else
1: right right i absolutely love that bring people in because if you don't tell them then they're not going to be able to give you that support you need so that's a beautiful beautiful place to to leave it and uh Excellent advice. I really appreciate that, David. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and uh look forward to seeing more from you.
0: All right. Well, thank you. And if anybody wants to find me, just find me on LinkedIn.
1: All right. And check the links below. We've got them in the description. All right. Yeah. Take care.
0: Bye-bye.